Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, how's everybody doing today? Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I I have to pee and that's the energy I've brought to this podcast. Oh. We have been we have been sitting here just pre-recording chatting for mm, an hour now. Yeah, you could have peed you at any time. Did, did it just hate you? Mm, sometimes I like to... I think I've said this before. I like to bring this energy to the show. The pee-holding energy? Mm-hmm. All right. It's actually not good to hold your pee. Nobody I didn't think so. No. When you have to go potty, stop, and go right away. Do you guys not know this one? No. <laughs> I have somehow missed this. This uh, I don't know this hit. Slush yeah. and wash and be on your way. <laughs> well, that's it. You, you know the song and everything. How did you not... How'd you, how'd, yeah. you, how'd you mess this up? <laughs> I don't know. When you between my, uh, it's really bad because you shouldn't hold it. You should go when you have to go. But between like residency and the the fact that like anybody can tell you in residency, there are long stretches where you just have to pee and you just have to not pee at that moment and you just wait. Um, and then having children when there are long stretches where like I need an, an I need an adult <laughs> yeah. I need an adult to come <laughs> to the room where the kids are so I can go pee and leave the room where the kids are I just it's just my second nature now. Have you considered bringing the children to the bathroom with you? Oh, I've done it many times. <laughs> okay, I've, I was gonna say no. They I, can just like sit there on their you know reading their book or watching their iPad. Mm-hmm. You you pee. It's all See, everyone's happy. I would say there are many, uh, many parents, many caregivers out there who have peed while holding a child before. Mm. Um, perhaps a sleeping one that you are desperate not to wake up. <laughs> you know, it, it's not it's not comparable exactly, but I feel like from from all of my years in the restaurant industry, which very much at you know I'll be working and I need to pee and I know I need to pee, but then we're busy and then it's like three hours later and I finally have a break and I don't need to pee anymore. And I'm like, where did it go? Uh, <laughs> that's not good. It went back. Good. It went back. No, it, can't. it gave up. It knocked on the door and it said, nah, no one's home. Okay. No, <laughs> I gotta go can't. hang out with your blood. Who knows? Uh, but, but see that now, now that, I mean, that's one of the few, I guess, good things, I guess, being out of work is it's this wonderful luxury of like, oh, my gosh, I have to pee and I'm going to immediately. That's so nice. I I am always within like five feet of my bathroom, which is weird. But also I could pee whatever I want. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, your bladder thanks you. Um, yeah, that it is can't go back. So that's no. not great. Um, <laughs> it can't change it can. its mind. <laughs> what is it? Does it go to sleep? No, I mean, I guess after a while, maybe your bladder just gives up. It If your bladder gets too distended, it can get like an over distension injury where it has trouble like expelling all the urine and you can have some urinary retention later. It, this hmm. is boring. That's yeah. I don't want right. to talk this about fun this to talk on our about. podcast. <laughs> just, just straight into the pee talk. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to tell you, do you know what? Um, Justin committed a food crime against our oh, children no. this morning. Oh, uh, he made them, he saw a video about, uh, ice cream, French toast. That's not, okay. Sorry. Go Tell ahead. me more. <laughs> I need more what information. You, <laughs> what you do is you take some ice cream. Vanilla is like the example given. Like that's the easiest thing to do. Take some vanilla ice cream and melt it. Like pop a little bit in the microwave. So it's like liquid. Liquid. Okay. You need liquid. Okay. And you use that as like your French toast batter. You know what I mean? Like you just... 
dump that in a in like a big pan and then soak your bread in oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. And then you fr- fry it up just like you do French toast. Mm-hmm. And you serve it on a plate that has like a pool of the melted ice cream on it to use as like your syrup kind of replacement, uh-huh. you know. And this is what he served our children for breakfast. How, did they enjoy it? <laughs> Here is the wild thing. They had to have, right? So Cooper loved it. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Charlie? No. Nope. Charlie like didn't like she it? Said, and I quote, it's too ice creamy. Wow. Charlie McElroy asks for ice cream all day for every, every day. meal mm-hmm. and also after every meal. We don't give it to her, but she does ask right. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, it was too ice creamy. Okay. Now I could see, <laughs> okay. The soaking it in the ice cream goo. Sure. Maybe like it gives it like the, a sweet vanilla flavor. I did this with eggnog. I made okay. French toast where I, so, instead yeah. of making the batter, I just soaked it in eggnog over the holidays yeah. and did it. And I think that's pretty similar. It's but not did, identical, but similar. But did you place it on a plate in a pool full of eggnog? No, See, did not do that. Liquid does not have the same consistency as a syrup that you can like drizzle on your French toast, but it doesn't make it soggy. But yeah. if you just lay it in a pool of melted ice cream, then it moves past French toast sogginess and is just dough, I think. It, it, it was soggy. I will say, like, it was on the, uh, uh, like, if there's a scale of French toast from the crispiest to, mm-hmm. like, the mushiest, mm-hmm. it was more of the mushy. Although it gets that, like, bread pudding-y kind of, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought, I mean, like, I don't know that I could eat a whole plate of it because it was pretty sweet. Right. But I thought it would taste good. I was going to say, there's a lot, like, the difference between melted ice cream and like a lot of the batters that you'll dredge French toast in is not really different. Like when, when you look at what what is in ice cream, like you're talking about, you know, egg yolks and cream. It's like normal stuff for French toast. It's not yeah, too far yeah. outside of the realm. And yeah, like the 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 ice cream bath is weird, but it is does make sense in like a yeah like a bread pudding sense. I don't know. I don't I don't know. If that's a crime. I think that's innovation. Now, is it a crime because you have two small children and this was their breakfast? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that was probably bad. Okay. No, there's Um, that piece of bread in there that negated it being ice cream for breakfast. (laughs) So it's breakfast. Charlie ended up, because she wouldn't eat it, she ended up eating um, an egg and toast. Just a scrambled egg and toast. Like, a healthier, I guess. Yeah. She chose eggs over ice cream bread? Yes. Yeah. I do this thing where I put a piece of toast in the waffle maker mm-hmm. and then I scramble an egg and dump it over it and then that sounds squish good. it all together and it makes like this sort of... It's an egg toast. Yeah. She loves that. That sounds good. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't believe it. He even did the, like, she looked at me and she, she took a bite and she looked at me and she said, I don't like it. <laughs> and I said, oh, honey, that's okay. You don't. You tried it. Yeah. That's all we ever ask is try a new thing. If you don't like, I'm not going to force my kid to eat ice cream bread. Yeah. Like, if it's like a, a, <laughs> a vegetable, thing. Sure. we're, we're going to keep going back for more bites before we decide we don't like yeah. it. But if you don't like ice cream bread, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> we'll move on. good for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she was like, don't tell daddy. He'll be so sad. And I'm like, no, daddy will understand. It's okay. So she's so worried about this. Justin comes in and I'm like, Justin... Charlie doesn't like the uh, ice cream bread, and I need you to tell her it's okay. 
Of and course. she immediately like starts crying. <laughs> like, oh, she God. starts sobbing and eating more of the ice <laughs> no, cream bread. Just, oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> so then we had to convince her that we both support and love her whether or not she likes ice cream bread. Oh my God. And she she is the most sensitive. Yeah. She is very empathetic. Um, um I But don't worry, all all of you out there. She was very happy to eat her egg toast at the end and Cooper was very happy to eat the ice cream bread that Charlie didn't want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy for them both. So, will ice cream bread be a regular occurrence in, in never your house? again? Okay. I think after all of the drama associated with it, I'm That's good fair. now. I don't. Also, Justin did not innovate this. I don't know who he watched a video. Was and, it on TikTok? Uh, it. We ended up watching a YouTube video about it. I don't know if he found it on TikTok and then went to YouTube. I don't know. It just feels like a TikTok thing. It's like when I saw the cereal they made on TikTok, where they mm-hmm. took pancake batter and just squirted it in the pan but just made little tiny dots so you made little tiny pancakes Mm -hmm. and then dump that in a bowl and put milk in that and that's cereal that's just like you're eating a bunch of tiny little pancakes in milk which i guess is cereal i like that Um, because i would feel like a giant exactly (laughs) the youtubers that the that charlie likes have all tried this tiktok life hack which one food hack the one with the pancakes oh oh, so i've seen i haven't seen it on tiktok i've seen the youtubers trying it um to varying degrees of success. Yeah. Cooper calls life hacks life packs. That's oh, good. You need yeah, a life I pack. Like <laughs> Sounds like something you pick up in a video game. <laughs> a life pack video. I need a life pack video. No, we're not watching a life pack video. It's so funny to me that young young uh, toddlers enjoy watching life hack right? life pack videos because like you don't even really know how to do life yet but you're already trying to figure out how to hack it like you you can't like, put on pants by yourself yeah. and like you're figuring out a shortcut to like rewiring a microwave or something yeah. like what are you doing everybody's try- always trying to find a way to charge their iphone with fruit that's the main thing uh, they're always okay. trying to do well, i did do that for a science fair experiment in like sixth grade <laughs> it didn't work uh let's let's just talk about this book yeah (laughs) there's no good there's no good transition um so we read this week it's like this feels like a book club all right welcome uh this week we read wheatsy bat by francesca leah block which was from 1989 i read when i was younger and fell in love with and read repeatedly and now I've made both of you read. Yes. And uh, what did you think? I enjoyed it. I did. Um, I, I told Sydney before we started that it was a lot, not in a bad way, but just like once stuff starts happening, stuff starts happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it does not stop happening until the end of the book, which is good. I mean, I enjoy that, especially in like what I assume was more of a young adult novel when yes. it came out. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, I like think it's that. in the YA yeah. section or whatever. Yeah, YA fiction. You yeah. can see on my Borders price tag. Oh, man. Right there on the book. Um, I enjoy that in a young adult novel because I feel like a lot of times young adult novels, especially ones that center around uh, typically young women, um, always have like one kind of conflict and usually it involves like a relationship of some sort mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of all they get. But I did appreciate that this was a lot more than that and also a lot more character development than just like, you know, girl mm-hmm. likes boy, heteronormative society. Uh, boy doesn't like girl, but then by the end, boy likes girl. And that's it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it, it is true that a lot happens, but 
I, I liked the way that it's all presented because the writing style of this book is almost like a dream state. It's very, like, there's mm-hmm. no heightened action when something particularly bad is mm-hmm. happening. It's kind of all, you know, just you just flow into from one event to the next. So it's it still feels like a very relaxing read, even though a lot of very dramatic stuff happens in this book. It's, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting writing style. It is, um... It should be said, if anybody is thinking of reading this book, it's definitely, like, it was written in 1989, and I would say that it deals with issues in a less kind of sophisticated way Mm -hmm. than we would deal with a lot of things now. Sure. Um, Like, when it comes to, like, sexuality and stuff. I mean, it was written in what? 89? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think... I, I always hate to, like retroactively label something as problematic there are definitely sure ways that we wouldn't you know that that i think the sexuality is not presented in a modern way um and could be talked about even though they're trying mm-hmm. it's trying to be representative of the fact that hey not everybody's straight yeah but you know it's 1989 yeah. um that is that is part of it and then reading it again i forgot how much uh, cultural appropriation yes takes place in yeah. the book especially when it comes to indigenous peoples and Native mm-hmm. Americans, there's a lot of that. And I, I yeah. had forgotten that until I read it and I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, I will say I was pleasantly surprised when I started reading and, um, you know, we see it's interested in like 50s Americana stuff mm-hmm. uh, and meets Dirk, yes. who also is. And they bond over this. And my immediate thought was like, oh, well, you know, this is her love interest, I suppose. But then he's gay. Mm-hmm. And I was very pleasantly surprised by that, that like this was, I mean, had to have been one of the earliest written examples in a YA novel of like a gay young man. And that's okay. Yeah. I Well, and I wonder when I look back and I think about like, why did I become so obsessed with this book? That was exactly, I remember having that thought mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so she's found somebody who's kind of quirky like her mm-hmm. and into the same old sort of stuff she's into. So these two will fall in love. Mm-hmm. And then when he tells her he's gay and she's like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's that whole point. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gay. Okay. That's cool. I thought that was, cause I thought that was an interesting moment because even now in media, it seems like we're still stuck on the idea that coming out is this, tragic thing or it's very Mm -hmm. you know you you tell your loved ones and you have to give them time to like be disappointed in you or upset which i think is bogus uh Mm -hmm. but like this is 89 and the response is literally like hey i'm gay and weetsy bat is like oh that's okay honey honey (laughs) like oh man i wish i'd had a weetsy bat to come out to (laughs) she's just gonna throw some glitter in the air and be like no problem (laughs) and then they go duck hunting together yeah (laughs) which is which is what they call looking for boys Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, They're not actually duck I would say that would have been weird either way, but... (laughs) Yeah. There is no duck murder in this. Thank goodness. Yes. We Um, like ducks here. We're very pro-duck here, so... The the names in this book, I just have to mention, when I saw it was named Weetsy Bat, I I thought... That's the name of the main character, by the way. Yes. Her name is Weetsy Bat. I thought it had to be, like... alluding to something or event or i don't know i it did not i did not think it was someone's name and that is the main character's name and Mm -hmm. there's dirk and then there's duck they go duck hunting but then there's just duck um and then what is the my secret agent lover man my secret agent lover man which i like because it reminds me of like the old 
kind of overdone trope of like the quote unquote manic pixie dream girl or whatever mm-hmm. but like <laughs> it's not about the girl this time it's my secret agent lover man i like that they which, turn it around make it about a dude which to be fair you could level that oh yeah wheatsy bat yes for sure. I, um, yes. It's I just, just like that, that they, they take it to someone else. Too. Yes. Yeah. Well, everyone in the book seems to be that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they're all Manic Pixie Dream Girls. Sure. <laughs> it is a Manic Pixie Dream book. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, it is not just Wheatsy Bat who's, like, showing everybody this, like, romantic, wild, quirky way to live. They're all living that. And they're all into it and part of it. And she yeah. has just surrounded herself with other people who share her aesthetic mm-hmm. as opposed to like saving men from boredom or whatever. Yeah. I always, <laughs> I always think of like Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Ramona flowers yeah. just shows up and is like, look how quirky and wonderful. I'm going to save these boring white men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. And there, there, there is none of that in this book. Um, everybody is, everybody is colorful and beautiful. Yeah. And, it does Off taste beat. right. It does read like a like a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very mystical. Yeah, and and part of it, like so the, okay, so the plot of the book, and there's a lot. It's a very short book, but it is dense. Yes, with with stuff that happens with um, occurrences, uh, but the general idea is pretty straightforward. She Weetsy Bat is a young woman. I don't know how young. It's not really clear how young she is yeah. when the book begins. Um, I guess you're right. She uh, meets a guy, Dirk, who shares her kind of eccentric interests. Uh, he tells her he's gay. They go looking for guys together. She uh, basically the whole thing sets off because she makes a wish. She like finds a magic lamp and rubs the lamp and makes a wish. Mm-hmm. And a and the genie grants her three wishes, which are that. Dirk will find a guy and she will find a guy and they'll all live together in a fairy tale house. Mm -hmm. And that is essentially the rest of the book. That is what ends up happening. Yes. Are these events unfolding? And then um, I guess without spoiling it too much, like how their lives kind of proceed from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's sad stuff. There are characters that not the main characters, but there are characters who die Mm -hmm. and there's happy stuff. Kids are born. Multiple multiple <laughs> yes uh and they make movies all together mm-hmm. that tends that seems to be how these characters pay their rent <laughs> yeah <laughs> did, actually did you... they they own their house so i guess there's not rent but the yeah. utility bills yeah. <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it did you like this because it's a little bit like dawson's creek i don't know that i would have ever it's a little bit like dawson's made creek. a dawson's creek connection. a little bit um a little bit a little bit on a on I an unrelated note i didn't tell you all i had a i had a dream that i took care of pacey in the hospital of course you did <laughs> oh is it a good dream it was a very vivid dream but i yeah what was had, wrong with pacey he just had a hand injury and i stitched up his hand and he was fine no wait, it was a minor in, i was gonna say this is important how old was pacey was to be it? fair, it wasn't about Pacey. It was about Joshua that's Jackson. Okay, that's okay. what I wanted to know. Was it okay. Pacey or was it Joshua Jackson? Yes. Okay. Those are very different yes. things. I did. I had a dream where that's, I, that's Joshua fine. Jackson that's was injured. I don't know why he was here in Huntington, West Virginia, but he was. And he came to my hospital and I had to tend to his wound. And I did. And he was very thankful. And I thanked him uh, for 
his great work that I very much enjoyed. And he was like, Dawson's Creek. And I was like, I'm actually a huge fan of Fringe, too. And he was like, oh, that's so nice to hear. Nobody ever says that. And I'm like, yeah, well, I am. Thank you. And then he left. That was the whole dream. The pleasant dream. <laughs> my, my dreams aren't very exciting. Um, it apparently. sounds exciting for you. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> He didn't, like, ask me out to dinner. He just said, thanks. I'm so glad you enjoy my body of work. I was like... Fringe and Dawson's Creek. I'm glad you, I could stitch up your hand. It's a very respectful dream. It was. Very appropriate. Well, uh, Ju- Justin can hear all about this dream. He'd be pleased. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, I guess you could make that comparison. I do like the idea of um, all the people who love each other being together all the time Mm -hmm. just being all sort of piled into that one house all together as the book progresses like there are the two couples and then there's also like there are babies and there are lots of dogs and it sounds like it's a very full house and i is this why you also like full house yeah oh i love on full house how no one ever leaves (laughs) yeah i think i think sydney's dream uh in life, what, what Sydney really wants is one day all of us move into this house, into Sydney and Justin's house together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Taylor and I move into a guest room. Mom and dad move into a guest room. Probably like Travis and Griffin and their wives and their children. And everyone just lives in one house and no one can ever leave. I really, because we're in West Virginia, I really probably should have been like in a holler. Because, you know, like, families do that. Like, they all live in a holler together, and you can just walk to everybody's house. And I've always been so envious of that. Like, I've always wanted that with our family and our extended family as everybody, like, got married. Like, just come here. We'll buy all the houses on this street one by one. I mean, that's what you're starting to do. (laughs) move into them, and then we can all just live on the same street together and... Sydney wants like a, a gated community of just a, that's a little bit like a not cult. gated. That's not a little bit gated. like a cult. Sydney, it is a commune is not wrong. You, you commune just, is a word. You want you want smackerel holler, <laughs> holler commune, whatever word you like. Uh, uh, Neighborhood, that's... village. I, maybe that's why I like this book so much. It's sort of yeah. reminiscent of um, piling all the stuffed animals up on the bed so they won't float away. <laughs> when we yeah. used to play boat. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's a very. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. This is when we used to play boat. <laughs> Did you ever play boat? <laughs> Not like sailor, pirate, boat. Boat. We're on a boat. <laughs> Taylor, don't you remember boat? Yeah, I guess I remember boat. I don't know. I, 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 to me, the point of boat was that like there's sharks in the water or there's excitement. I didn't realize that you were just like, now I will never be alone for we are surrounded by water and we are stuck here together. <laughs> we played boat at the same time in very different ways. <laughs> You all have to stop saying we played boat. I can't hear it anymore. It's going to be too much. That's what it was called. It was called boat. I would say, do you want to play boat? And the point of boat is you had to get everything that had been like anthropomorphized in the room. Anything that we had decided had a soul, (laughs) which was all our stuffed animals, but also other objects that like were personified but everything like, in the like room what? 
Just like, I mean, sometimes I had like little figurines and things uh-huh. that were important to me okay. or like books that I right. okay. felt That's very close to. That's what I was waiting to. for. That's what I like, thought was going to be. Things like there. that had to also be on the bed along with the stuffed animals because... <laughs> on boat. Yeah. They, on boat because they had... <laughs> They had grown souls, <laughs> so they had to be saved. And then periodically something would tumble off into the water, and we had to save them. And they always got saved. No one ever got eaten. Everyone got back on boat. Yeah. Everyone got back on boat. Yeah. And then that was the point, was to be on boat. Yeah. It was kind of like the floor is lava, except for the floor was water, and you were on boat. That's, you know. And you can't leave boat. No. Well, no, you could like build like a pillow bridge. To get to a, a sold stuffed animal <laughs> and rescue it. <laughs> Just the ones that had sold. Yeah. Yeah. Were there, wait, this- were there any... That were stuffed animals that you just collectively decided, like, not you. Soulless. Yeah, I'd say all of those all those porcelain dolls that I had were never made it onto the boat. <laughs> just saying. No, I don't I don't remember if I don't think I would have ever done that, but Tay, I can see you deciding, like, yeah, not you. Uh, yeah, I think I think I was very a- a- aware of what things in my room did or did not have souls. I had an active, like antagonistic relationship with many toys in my room. I was like, you are going to mm-hmm. kill me in my sleep. I'm aware of this. <laughs> it's just a matter of when. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was not about... I just... I couldn't let the show continue without hearing more about Boat. Well, uh, One thing I do think about this book that I liked that is totally um, superficial, but... I, upon reading again, I realized was key to my enjoyment is the food, mm-hmm. all of the food descriptions, mm-hmm. the very like vivid, everybody's enjoyment of various locations and situations is always very much tied to the food they get to eat there. Sure. And this is how I experience things. That's how our family kind of experiences <laughs> uh-huh. things. That's fair. Um, I, I, I like to know about the food that the characters are eating. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. But, you know, I mean, that's what I I really liked the aesthetics of this book because there is just just this constant, like, rundown of, like, the the hairstyles and the clothing and the colors Mm -hmm. and the food. It's very, like, like, it engages your senses very much. And I, Mm. it kind of reminded me of, uh, like, almost like of a a well-written pop song, you know, that, like, importance of specificity to make you connect with things and this book mm-hmm. is literally just straight through of that which i don't know i i found i found that very enjoyable and i also think it it is it makes like when we think of like our best memories or like things that trigger our sentimentality it's rarely like big life events it's usually things like this like having that you know eating those like hot dogs on that New York City street corner with like, you know, your old best friend or like whatever, like drinking beers on a rooftop. Like it's very specific, Mm -hmm. like sensory things that you remember as like your most beloved memory. And there are so many of these in this book. It's really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that really connected with me. It reminded me this is probably the only time this comparison has ever been made. But the it was the one thing that I really loved about the book, The Yearling. Did you ever have to read The Yearling? I don't think so, no. no. I had to read The Yearling when I was in, I don't know, elementary, middle school, mm-hmm. something like that. And 
in it, they live, I don't remember much about it other than they lived like on a farm. And so like everybody would have to get up super early and do a bunch of farm chores, but then they would have breakfast mm-hmm. and the breakfast descriptions <laughs> in the yearly. <laughs> I just like, I wanted to read them over and over again. Like, I don't know where people eat breakfast like this. I don't even like breakfast that much, but like, oh, these breakfasts, like I just could live <laughs> in those breakfasts <laughs> from the yearling. Like I could live in a lot of the food scenes from Weetsy Bat. I like to imagine that whenever you read this book for school, you had to like write some sort of response or essay or something about like something significant or, or a symbol. And, mm-hmm. and you just took those scenes. You took the food, <laughs> said, this is the most important part. Let me write about this food. I. I guarantee you I did. <laughs> I was obsessed with those food scenes. Like they just, I like food, yeah, but I just. <laughs> I, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like a very underused uh, sensory description in text, I think, is taste. People just don't mm-hmm. go there too often. But when you can really get into descriptions of food, I, yeah. Well, that, I had the same, you know, it's funny, said I had the same exact experience with the Little House on the Prairie books. Yeah. I was obsessed with those, the Laura Ingalls Wilder books, because the way they would describe, and I mean, this was like frontier food. So they were eating like hardtack and like, you know, biscuits with honey and just, you know, like, <laughs> it was such simple stuff. But the way it sounded to me, I was like, I want to eat that. I was obsessed with the way they talked about food and like, you know, like corn cakes and stuff like that, like in those Little House on the Prairie books. Mm-hmm. I read all of them, I think, just for the, the cornbread content. Cornbread content. (laughs) We need to do a whole other, it would have to be like a video series where we just like put all these different like book and whatever uh, media depictions of food to the test. Like, does it live up to what your memory? Because I feel like my my real life experience with that was Turkish Delight. Yeah. Like in Narnia? Every child's disappointment. Yes. Mm, the first time I tried because I had read Turkish Delight and I didn't know what it was but oh my gosh all I ever wanted to do was eat it like please someday let me try Turkish Delight I didn't try it till I was in college for the first time Mm -hmm. and I got the rose flavored one which I I don't know if that's like the classic that's the usual one yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and I tried it and I did not like it at all and I think part of it is that i have learned this about myself i don't really like rose flavored things very mm-hmm. much i so uh, there may, might be other flavors i would have loved but all i got to try was the rose flavor and i just remember like all those moments from my childhood yeah. of dreaming of turkish delight and then trying it and going oh <laughs> no I will, yeah it, in turkish delight's defense i will say i had some fresh like from a shop that just actively made it in istanbul and that was entirely different. The package stuff is nothing like the stuff that's like been made yeah. recently. So I think that that's actually pretty pretty good. It still doesn't live up to whatever. My mind conjured up this like golden, like kind of syrupy. I expected it to be there to be like, I don't know, like almost like baklava, but like just soaked in honey was for some mm-hmm. reason how my brain pictured Turkish Delight. Uh, just kind of nice and chewy, but that, yeah. <laughs> that's good to know that it it there is a version. And I suspected that because I also knew there were other flavors, and that if I just maybe didn't like rose flavored, mm-hmm. maybe that was the problem. So yeah. yeah, and then in the movies when they did it with like the powdered sugar all over it. Oh. Yes, we oh. uh, we mm-hmm. did a produ- local community theater production of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> 
and I played Susan and the the uh, boy who played Edmund obviously got to eat Turkish delight on stage and we all were so jealous we were like oh, we really want to try that so I remember before anyone had tried it uh, they were like okay you all can have a piece you know you mm-hmm. all can try it together and we all just collectively were so disappointed we no longer were jealous he got to eat it on stage because he didn't even want to <laughs> but it was the kind that was like covered in powdered sugar and, and the mm-hmm. little like cubes I have no and, idea what you was. know and who knows the sometimes the American version of stuff really is not ruins right. what yeah. it's supposed to be I have learned <laughs> yeah well, I think anything that's like been packaged. It's like fresh marshmallows. Have you ever had like a fresh marshmallow? Yeah. And like that's like a treat, but then it's you don't feel the same way about like a, a marshmallow from the back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> They're, They're fine. Good, it's just though. like, eh, I'm not excited about that. It'd be yeah. weird to stand around eating them. I don't know. Well. <laughs> Riley's like, well. <laughs> what it? No. Okay. No, no judgment if you do, actually. That's fine. Well, I was thinking more so of um, our dad and also your children, Sydney, that will just eat marshmallow <laughs> yes my children would just eat marshmallow yeah if i would let them they would just actually they try a lot they'll yeah. go steal the bag of marshmallows from the pantry and hide in well they don't hide very well they just get in charlie's bed and put together it under the covers and like get under the covers and start eating marshmallows and it's like well i know where i can find you <laughs> they're doing the whole kid thing if i can't see you you can't see me right yeah yeah, yeah. uh the other thing I wanted to say I, I liked about the book is like as you follow the plot, you have the romance between the main character, Wheatsy Bat, and the guy who's named my secret agent lover man, which like they sort of explain why these names are, are odd in the sense that she makes a wish that her her best friend Dirk finds a duck mm-hmm. and then he finds a guy named Duck. Yeah. And that she will find her secret agent lover man and she finds a guy named my secret agent lover man. Yeah. So like it's it's magical. Yeah. You know, they, they kind of put that there. But you have the relationship between the two of them and they have like a falling out and then get back together kind of thing. But then the the romance between Dirk and Duck, I found really moving. And I love that that was out there for teenagers when I was a teenager. Cause I was, I mean, it was so long ago and you didn't see these kinds of depictions, but duck gets freaked out about love because what is insinuated in the book is that, uh, one of his friends has AIDS mm-hmm. yeah, has HIV and then is sick enough that I, I it's kind of insinuated he has AIDS mm-hmm. and duck kind of just freaks out about the whole thing and takes off. Mm hmm. And Dirk goes to find him. And I always found that scene where he just happens to find him in the right bar in all of, I mean, basically all of California. Mm -hmm. Like he just went somewhere looking for him and finds him. I always found that like a really romantic, loving, lovely scene. And, And it's great because at that point in time for the really kind of sweeping romantic conclusion to be between the two male characters and not the straight couple. Right would have been pretty unusual. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and, it, and it's really beautiful imagery, too, because, like, Dirk keeps saying, uh, you're in my blood, and then Duck is kind of, you know, comparatively talking about how he, like, cut himself shaving or something and saw his blood, and that's kind of the fear, and that's the reference to AIDS of, like, how our love can be dangerous or how our blood can be dangerous, and then it's, you know, wrapped up with, but you're in my blood, and they find each other. I, yeah, it was... It's rare that the, the the gay romance is actually more romantic than the straight one, so I was here for that. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was like a precursor to Schitt's Creek. That's exactly what you I know? was about to say. 
<laughs> that it's like the uh, um, Patrick and David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of Alexis and Ted. Which was also a good romance, but like. Not as good. You're there for David and Patrick. Right. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I love that. And I, it's. I, I wonder when I think about like, even though we grew up here in West Virginia, where like things aren't the most progressive. Sure. Typically. Um, I always feel like we had sort of ingrained in us more progressive attitudes than the people around us, Mm -hmm. not in our family, but like other kids at school and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I know part of that is because of our family and how we were raised and the, the values we were taught and stuff like that. But I also wonder how much of it was exposure to things like this, where like I read this and fell in love with this and fell in love with the characters in this book. And I was so young and all of this seemed completely normal to me. There was nothing about it that seemed like, Ooh, you're not supposed to do that. Or, mm-hmm. Ooh, that's bad. Or, oh, some people think that's, it was just, this is great. Right. And these characters love each other. And isn't that sweet and wonderful? And yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to change topics. Go ahead. <laughs> I was also going to change topics. Oh. Well, I was going to say, because, I mean, likewise, they talk about uh, abortion in this book. And it's mentioned uh-huh. briefly, but basically when uh, Wheatsy and Secret Lover Man have their falling out, uh, Secret Agent Lover Man uh, sleeps with another woman and she gets pregnant. And so she asks him for money for an abortion and he gives it to her. And it's kind of not like that's the, the extent of the discussion around it. So it's in a way it's treating it like a very normal possibility it's for for a teen book in the 80s 90s i think that's pretty that's pretty important that that's mm-hmm. just treated yeah. as that's what she's decided to do so that's the option yeah i um was going to when you were talking about like exposing yourself to that kind of media that was mm-hmm. more inclusive um i was thinking about how when i was growing up i didn't necessarily have that like i think about all the disney shows and nickelodeon shows i watched there weren't necessarily any not straight characters that i remember um, at least being as like open and accepted as, as the characters in this book. Um, but I was thinking about Jojo Siwa <laughs> because although I am no longer a young as impressionable child, mm-hmm. I think about like she's a real person, but also mm-hmm. kind of like a character that lots of little kids, I mean, Charlie's six and Charlie loves Jojo Siwa, yeah. um, look up to. And she just came out as mm-hmm. queer. I don't think she has labeled herself yet yeah um, I don't, yeah just she, well, she was wearing that shirt that said best gay cousin ever yeah so she said in her video she just loves humans so not oh, okay. straight um I okay. but i mean still there's a character <laughs> slash real person that little kids are like okay that's you know mm-hmm. still jojo siwa and i still like her bows yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's it <laughs> I, I like that Jojo Siwa has been covering herself in rainbows for like yeah. so long. And now we're like, oh, oh, I mean. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. It did not. Um, Charlie was like, oh, OK. I mean, that was yeah. kind of the extent of that because I thought like, oh, that's good for me to. Hey, look, Jojo yeah. Siwa just put out this video and this is what she said. And she that was pretty much the extent of her reaction. Oh, OK. Yeah cool and then they go back to her and cooper like to play jojo and bobo bobo is jojo's dog does cooper play the dog yes okay. cooper is bobo the dog and they'll play she'll be jojo and they by the way they are now obsessed with going to omaha what i guess that's where she's from oh i didn't know that <laughs> 
your 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 kids want to go to Omaha. They are obsessed with going to Omaha. Like both of them have come up independently. Like Charlie did first. She went, "Mommy, when it's when the pandemic's over, <laughs> when the pandemic's over and we can travel again, uh, can we go to Omaha? Not Disney. Not I don't know any anywhere else." And I said, "What?" <laughs> why and she went well in the jojo movie that we're watching jojo's from omaha and you can go to omaha because that's where jojo's house is or something and i'm like well we probably can't go to jojo's house house. that's that would be weird Mm -hmm. uh we can't do that but we could go to omaha i guess there's probably some stuff to do there i don't know never been i'm sure there's stuff to do everywhere yeah there's probably some stuff there. And uh, she was like, okay, I really want to go to Omaha. And then later, Cooper walked up to me and went, Mommy. Is too. <laughs> Mommy, can we go to Omaha? <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> They're obsessed with the idea of Omaha now because wow. that's where JoJo and Bobo are. Well, so. <laughs> can we go to Omaha? The <laughs> first, first trip after the pandemic, Omaha. 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 There you go. Wow. I know. But, that they um, always say that, too. Both Cooper will say that, too, when... Well, she'll say the sickness. The sickness mm-hmm. goes away. Oh, and there's no more sickness. But oh. Charlie will say, after the pan- after coronavirus is gone, after the pandemic... She has said that many times when I've talked about, like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, this got canceled. She's always like, oh, because of the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> she doesn't call it COVID. She always no. says coronavirus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's like, there's JoJo, who, yes, is a real person, but is the same kind of thing. Kids are now being exposed to that kind of media. Um, and other important conversations, like Tay was talking about how they talk about abortion that way. And I just feel like that's the kind of stuff that even I didn't really read anything mm-hmm. like that growing up. Probably, what? 20 years after this book came out when I was starting to like read young adult books yeah. probably longer and I didn't read anything like that so and that that's sort of I think you know as much as the the constant narrative in those sort of cases you know we there, there's a lot of dramatic representations of of queer lives and and you know abortion stories out there but like to have them presented in like a low-key just like this is just life. This is just the way people are. These are just some roads you might take is so refreshing. And, and I think it's so important. And I mean, and I, and I, I read that this book was Texas, of course, tried to ban it when it, when it was out. Because, sure. Really? <laughs> because we don't want people to think that you can. You, I don't because it's, it's so funny, too, because like it could have like a nice, aesthetically pleasing, pleasant life in L.A., but you can also be gay while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so what I, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. It, it's funny for me to think about how did mom, mom got this for me. And I wonder how she, I wonder if it was just like the cover. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, it's really pretty. The book is a really nice cover. It's a very pretty book. And, you know, the other thing about it is I was looking at the, the Borders price tag on it. And it was the, the one that she got me was listed as the 10th anniversary edition, which means I must have gotten this in 1999. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's the hardback one. So I bet it was like sitting out on one of the tables at borders, at borders. you know, like where they display new things that came out. I yeah. bet it was sitting out as like a good gift idea or like on the YA fiction table or something like that. And I bet it was that simple. Like mom, mom looked at it and was like, oh, this looks like something maybe 
Sydney would like. And I mean, I read everything back mm-hmm. then. So, uh, but I'm really glad she did because I I loved it. I read it obsessively. Yeah, I have held on to it. It is with my like. It is in my office with my medical texts. <laughs> I keep. I keep like the books that are most important to me, like the medical stuff that I reference for my other podcasts. But I also keep like the books that I super love, mm-hmm. things like The Princess Bride are there sure. and, and Weetsy Bat because I've read well, it over and over again. Well, I'm glad mom introduced you to it because now we got to read it. Right. So, Thank you both for reading it. Of course. I, I really I, appreciate it. Th- thank you for, for giving it to us. I, I loved yeah. it. I thought it was just... I don't know. I mean, I kind of it's it's the sort of story that I like, you know, because I feel like that's just it's real life happens, but it's just it's how you look at it sometimes. And, you know, that the the big or horrible or amazing things that happen sit right next to that really good, you know, that really good burrito you had on the pier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just how life is. I think it is. I think it's a it's a nice tasty little book <laughs> tasty little morsel yeah, of a it book it is it is um all right what's next Tay? uh well um i want to uh make y'all watch some anime um Ooh, all right uh, i i want to uh bring howl's moving castle a 2004 animated film by studio ghibli uh to the table uh it's based off of a book uh we, we don't have to read the books but just watch the movie all right all right Exciting. That sounds good. I think yes. Charlie will enjoy that with me. It's a lovely Be a nice film. little break from school. Yeah. This yes. weekend I take a little break. There you go. Watch a nice movie. Well, excellent. Well, we will check that out for next week. And uh, thank you both again. Thank you, listeners, uh, for um, tuning in. And check out that this book, Wheatsy Bad, if you're so interested, if it sounds like something that might be up your alley. Um, it is good. I would say uh, age range, like I would have read it in high school. And it's probably because it is, there are some like, like I said, some darker storylines mm-hmm. like yeah. that deal with death and stuff that is probably an older teenage book, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then adults too. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org if you want to listen to a lot of wonderful podcasts you would enjoy. You can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuffering at MaximumFun.org if you have thoughts or suggestions or questions or comments or anything you want to share. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Changed Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. I'm going to go ask your kids if they want to play boat. <laughs> you got to teach them boat. <laughs> Best game. Boat. Boat. Sid, is Cooper your witch baby? Oh, yeah. Charlie's my love warrior. (laughs) I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Cation. Man, she's always this bossy. Uh, (laughs) I'm Lori Kilbarton. We're a bunch of stand up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total, (laughs) both of us, but we look amazing. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie Laurie Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful. So together, we make <laughs> one complete woman.
Is that just what yeah. that one's gonna end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh my God, every episode. It's a good job. The Jackie and Lori Show, Mondays, only on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.